Hello and welcome to another episode of The Drew View. Thank you guys for stopping back in for another episode in today's show. I'm going to be going over a little bit about my thoughts on what happened in Tennessee with the lawmakers who were expelled. And then I'm going to be getting into what happened in Louisville over the past 24 hours. I'm Drew Bennett and you're listening to The Drew View. Thank you guys for stopping by for another episode of the show. Can't wait to talk to you guys today. But we have a few topics that aren't really my favorite topics to talk about because we had a mass shooting, another one that happened in Louisville. And then we had something that happened in Tennessee that it's just creating a lot of controversy seemingly for no reason. So let's start off with what happened in Tennessee. So if you haven't heard in Tennessee there was a situation in which three Tennessee state lawmakers led an exact replica of what happened on January 6th, but did so in the Tennessee state capitol. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, last Wednesday's episode, I talked about my thoughts on that. But anyway, what happened was these three individuals who kind of led this, who kind of fueled this fire, two out of the three were expelled. Now, what is the big deal about that? That doesn't seem like anything too out of the ordinary. Well, as with anything, you can imagine one of two cards got pulled out, either the race or gender card, and this time it happened to be the race card. The race card got pulled out because two of the three, the two out of the three that were expelled from the Tennessee state legislator were actually black. Now, people have been incredibly quick to call this uh, reeking of Jim Crow era, yada, 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 talking about how terrible this is and how racist Tennessee is and how blatantly racist all of the Tennessee lawmakers are who voted to kick these two out, but not the third. Keep in mind, the third one, I think, survived by like one vote or she would have been expelled as well. But many of the people who are claiming this, I know this is probably not going to come as a surprise to anybody, but many of the people who are claiming this have absolutely no basis for this other than they see a picture of the three and they go, okay, two are black, one is white, we gotta find some excuse for why what the Republicans did was bad, so let's just blame it on racism. So that's what we're going with. There was one explanation that, you know, I I was kind of looking for an explanation myself. I'm not just gonna say, oh yeah, you know, that's a bunch of crap. I'm gonna look into it. Like, if it was racism, I'll acknowledge it, but This is what one person who was there had to say. This was a Republican state representative, Jody Barrett. And he said very simply that the main difference was, you know, the one he voted to save was Democratic Representative Gloria Johnson. He said the other two gentlemen were going in and out of the room during the session last Thursday, going into the balcony during the session and trying to incite the crowd. And then they asked, you know, did you see the same from Johnson? He was like, I did not personally. So the big difference here is that two of them were trying to incite this and trying to get this big, you know, this big crowd of angry, screaming people, get them all riled up and incite them to continue on and to further go into who knows whether it be acts of violence or whether it be just bringing more people onto the floor of the chamber. And, you know, so a lot of it, it's just he did not want to have to 
expel someone who, while I think that from what I have kind of heard and what I've kind of gathered, she, the lawmaker that was white and that didn't get expelled, she was actually kind of just there protesting with them, but she wasn't trying to uh, hype up the crowd and incite this, you know, frenzy among them, kind of like some of the others were trying to do. And now here's another thing. People are drawing parallels and, you know, I've drawn the parallel to January 6th and talked about how differently this is handled, especially when you have the vice president of the United States, also known as the worst politician in the history of America, Kamala Harris, when she goes to the Tennessee state legislature and absolutely makes a complete fool out of herself as she does anytime she opens her mouth. She said that the Republican body who voted to expel these members were trashing democracy, our sacred democracy. You know the one that when there was a uh, Capitol riot uh, during January 6th, that one was up there with, you know, as she would say, Pearl Harbor and 9-11. You got January 6th up there, but what happened in Tennessee, uh, it, you know, it didn't prompt uh, Biden or Harris. It didn't prompt any of them to go to Tennessee because of the shooting. It didn't prompt them well, because let's all be honest, it's because they didn't want to go down there and, uh, you know, show their support for a Christian community in the midst of violence that was committed by a trans person. But we don't want to talk about that. But anyway, so they refused to go to Tennessee after the shooting. And they also refused to go when at the state capitol, there was an insurrection. And now on January 6th, when this had happened, oh, there was just this big frenzy of people denouncing it and saying how horrible that day was and how they tried to destroy our sacred democracy, you know, and they, they talk about the sacred democracy thing, our, our beloved, our all important, lovely democracy. They talk about it like it's this, you know, little baby of theirs. But then when a state legislature votes democratically, you know, I, I don't know if these people even care about this, but they voted democratically on this, which is, you know, democracy in action. They voted democratically. Two of them who were doing the most egregious acts were voted out. They were expelled. And the one who was not doing the most egregious act was not expelled. You see, it, and this is how they have, I mean, they have the narrative from the beginning, because if you expel two, then they say, oh, well, it's because they're black. And then if you expel all three, it's like, oh, well, it's because they're black and because she's a woman. And, oh, this was totally different than how the Republicans acted toward January 6th, which is not true. Every almost, I, I, you know, I don't think I know of a single Republican who said anything positive about January 6th. They denounced it at some point in time. Now, when new information came out about different ways that the Capitol Police had handled what happened on January 6th, whether that be letting people in the building or giving them tours of the Capitol. Yeah, some people might have changed their tune, but in the, in the beginning, people condemned the violence. They said, no, we cannot be having this. You don't see that from the left with what happened in Tennessee. They are completely silent. And then when these people get expelled, then they get up in arms and then they get all upset. Well, why don't you get upset at the act of violence that led to this. Why don't you get upset with what happened in Tennessee with the insurrection, not at the Republicans for voting out people who incited it? And there's a difference, and here's kind of a, a big contrast as well. 
uh, former president or then president Trump during the rally when he said, we're going to peacefully and patriotically make our voices heard, which apparently that part of his speech just got completely, completely slid right past. But anyway, he said, peacefully and patriotically make our voices heard. We're going to go to Washington, yada, yada, yada. And all of his supporters went. Did you notice that he was not standing in the belt, you know, standing in the Capitol saying, go on, guys, go, go take pictures, go yell, go get your megaphones out. Here's where they're at. Go, go find them. No, he was he wasn't even there. And that's one of the biggest differences. These three lawmakers were there. They were there inciting the people to do this. That's the difference. When you tell someone to peacefully and patriotically do something, you cannot say, oh, well, that's uh, dog whistling to shut up. You have to take his words at face value unless, yeah, you can try and discover some secret meaning behind that. But that's a bunch of crap. You don't know what he all he said was peacefully and patriotically. That's what everyone was all upset about. Oh, my gosh. All these people. He incited violence. He talked about all he was. He was inciting violence. Well, that's what these people were doing. These people were actually inciting violence. They were telling people, go, go and make your voices heard. Go take these megaphones on the on the floor of the Tennessee House and of the Tennessee Senate and, and make sure that they hear you. And that's one of the biggest differences. You know, all these congressmen who were at the U.S. Capitol, they were talking about how much they feared for their lives. Well, they weren't actually on the floor when these people were doing this. They were hiding, some of them, four miles away from where it happened. These people were not. In Tennessee, they were not. It's just so funny to me. It is interesting. Kamala Harris, she did find a way to get to Tennessee because I had noticed that not many people had gone there since, you know, the tragedy happened because they didn't want to look like they were standing in support of a Christian community. But they finally went there. So I guess I guess. We can see where their priorities are defending people who are inciting violence in a state capital rather than standing with a community who was just massacred for practicing their faith by a psycho trans person. But again, pointing out this double standard, it really doesn't do anything for me or for us or for anybody, because what happens with this is that Everybody already knows it's a double standard. Everybody already knows that what happened on January 6th and what happened in Tennessee are so similar, but they just don't care. People don't care about using their brains. And it's a sad reality that we're at a point where people refuse to use their brains. They just refuse to do it. It's like painful for them to try and come up with a rational thought. And that's what really bugs me is it's like, I can work with people who say some things that actually make sense. But when Kamala Harris is here talking about how expelling two out of three lawmakers, they didn't expel all three, which they should be happy about theoretically, but you know, they, they're never happy. Um, but you expel two out of three who were Someone said it was like directing a choir. They were just standing out there directing all these protesters to where to go, how to react, all these different things. But, you know, when when something like that happens and she just says that it's the Republicans fault for slapping democracy in the face when it was literally a Democratic vote 
that's what got them here. Like, I just don't understand. I really don't. All she cared about was going in there, making a political statement, yelling at the top of her lungs, saying a bunch of emotional nonsense that had no rational thought behind it. And she just thought that that was going to be good enough. Like, yep, there we go. We're just going to scream and shout and let it all out because that's what we do here. The only thing that's actually dangerous to democracy in the entire situation is when there's a group of people led by literal lawmakers who were elected democratically, but lawmakers who incite protesters to disrupt democratic processes. It's the same thing that happened on January 6th, and that's the big kicker. Yes, both were bad for democracy because they disrupted a peaceful democratic process that should have played out just like normal. These people, you elected them. This is this is what happens, guys. You elect your lawmakers, and they are supposed to represent you. If you don't like how they're representing you, you vote for a new one in the next election. Yes, you are allowed to make your voices heard. You can do that in various different ways. But one of the ways you should not be doing that is by standing in a Capitol on a floor disrupting their debate and the process that they go through when trying to create these laws or pass these laws. And this goes for just about any situation. You're more likely to get your way if you're calm, collected, and you voice your opinion and you state it with facts and reasoning than if you just shout a bunch of times and think that, oh, if you're the loudest and you're the most obnoxious, then you're gonna then you're gonna get your way, which is not how it works. A screaming child throwing a temper tantrum doesn't always get their way. It's it's true. It's the fact of the matter. Just because you sit there and scream and cry and throw a temper tantrum doesn't mean they're just going to give in. And that's what people need to realize. People need to realize that screaming and throwing a temper tantrum when these people are trying to do their jobs and pass these laws to help out their state or their country, whatever, should not be disrupted by a bunch of people throwing a temper tantrum about their own personal grievances. If you want to make your voice heard, there's many ways to do that. You can protest. Don't do it at a state capitol. You can you can use your voice with your vote. You can use your voice with your money. There's many ways you can make your voice heard. But one way you should not be doing that is throwing a temper tantrum in a state capitol, or especially the U.S. capitol for that matter. We've seen how far that's gone. We have seen how far that's gone. Let's look at the U.S. capitol. They wanted it to be overturned and Trump to be declared president. Did that happen? Absolutely not. In Tennessee, they wanted to see gun control legislation passed. Did it happen? No. Just because you can sit there and throw temper tantrums doesn't mean you're going to consistently get your way. That's not how it's going to work. And recent history has shown us that it doesn't work. Period. Alrighty, so for the next story, another really sad tragedy that came out. And before the bodies of the People who died in this situation in Louisville, Kentucky, could even become cold. The bodies were still warm and people were already pushing their stupid gun control nonsense. It happens so often that before anything can come out about the situation, before anything is released about the situation, the first thing everybody jumps to is 
Gun control, gun control, gun control. That is one thing I kind of want to do sometime is sit down with a few people who are left-leaning and who do propose gun control legislation. I just want to talk with them because I have yet to see any gun control proposals that would stop the situations from happening that we have seen in recent memory. If if I'm missing something, maybe you would like to come on the show and enlighten me. You can email me at vegreviewshow at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you, but I've not seen anybody's gun control proposal that would stop all of the situations that we have seen without completely eliminating firearms in the entire country, without just completely getting rid of every single firearm in the country. And to me, it seems to come down to this. We have some evil in this world. We have people who commit evil acts in this world. And if you think that the gun is the reason that they commit those evil acts, I beg to differ. I highly, highly beg to differ. They would be committing these atrocities with a knife, with poison, with whatever it needs to be. There is evil in this world, and people will find a way to keep committing evil no matter what tools you take away. There are people that will use vehicles to commit horrible, horrible atrocities. There are people that will use, again, knives or poison. Or There are so many different things that people will use to keep committing evil because we don't have a gun problem in this world. We have an evil problem in this world. We have an evil people problem in this world. But if you're ready to come on the show and talk to me about any gun control that you've heard of, that you've thought of, that would have prevented, I don't know, let's just say, each of the mass shootings that happened this year. There's been, I think, 15 of them. Any mass or any legislation that you can think of that would have stopped all 15 of those, I'd love to hear it. I would love to hear it. Because what tends to happen is someone will propose something for a situation, but then they don't recognize that that same proposal would not fix, I don't know, 10 of the other situations that happened this year. So we'd still be in the same spot. That's what happens over and over. We keep proposing all of this, but we don't get down to the root cause. It's the same thing that you see with abortion. People want to legalize abortion instead of the reason, instead of getting down to the reason that people need to get abortions. Let's get down to those reasons and start attacking those things. We have a problem in America where we don't like to get down to the root cause of things. We just like to see something and be like, oh, well, this seems like the easiest thing that we can do. But what you tend to do that way is you do something and you kick the bucket down the road for a little bit and then you come up to it again and then you just keep keep kicking the bucket down the road again and again and again. But that's just because you're not getting down to the root cause of it, where you can just get rid of that bucket for good. And what so much of it comes down to is we live in a broken, fallen, evil world. And we have people that do broken, evil, horrible acts. And banning guns or getting rid of this or getting rid of that, it's not going to actually help anything. You might prevent a few deaths here or there, but you're just going to increase them in some sort of other way. People will find different 
methods of committing evil acts or different things like that. It's like we need to get down to more root causes. And I mean, yes, if you want to sit here and just talk about guns and get an inch deep, that's fine. Why don't we get down to the root of it? Let's dig a mile deep and get to the root of this thing. But I don't think people are interested in doing that because that would mean that people could actually work together for a common good. And that means that it wouldn't be so political. And I don't think people are interested in that. But if you do have some proposals, I seriously, I kid you not, I want to hear them. I really do. Because maybe there's something I've just not heard of, something that I agree with, something that doesn't have 50 million loopholes. I do want to hear it. So if you're interested in coming on the show, presenting your ideas, any of that, especially if you're a teenager, because again, a talking with teens segment, which I wanted to do one today, but hopefully I'll have one next week. But that is something I do want to sit down with some people and hear your ideas. So reach out to me. And one thing I'm going to point out, I'm not even going to come to any conclusions with this. I'm just going to tell you straight up what happened. And then you guys can draw your own conclusions. Because if I say anything, I will be called a conspiracy theorist. And I don't Nope, I'm not I'm not going to even comment on any potential conspiracies. All I'm saying is this. So this Nashville shooter, the name of the person comes out. At the time of the name of this person coming out, all of their social medias had been completely washed. You can call it whatever you want. It happened, the same thing actually happened in uh, the Tennessee situation. You know, we don't hear of the manifesto. They won't release that. They won't release any of that information. In this situation, they've washed and nuked all of the social medias of this person in Louisville who committed this atrocity. And the common theme with these two, you know, there are many, many more examples that I could get into. I'm just talking about the most recent two, is that they were both very, very liberal and extremely anti-Trump and anti-conservative and all of that. So you have this situation where if it is a person who posts anything about being conservative, posts anything about being right-wing, anything in favor of Trump, those social media accounts stay up. Nobody touches them, and it gets out that they're a conservative, and then it becomes a hate crime. Then it becomes a crime in which it was a conservative committing an act of evil. But when the shoe's on the other foot, in these two situations, you have people trying to completely cover up any sort of political affiliation of the people who are committing these horrible, horrible acts by wiping their social medias, wiping anything that could get out negative about them. And it's just interesting to me. So I'm not mentioning why I think that is. I'm not mentioning anything like that. I want you to decide for yourself because there are many conclusions that you can come to, but that's just the evidence that we have, at least with the past couple of mass shootings that have taken place. Now, why is it that we can't see or we're not allowed to look at the social media postings of these people, I'm not sure. But maybe you can come to a conclusion. But again, at the end of the day, we should be praying for the families of the people who were affected 
and not getting immediately political. It is sickening to me that we can't even wait five minutes after a mass shooting until we start getting into the political nastiness. We immediately jump right into it. I really hope that you guys will take some time to think about and pray, most importantly, pray for these families. They need it. Our country needs prayers. We need prayers for the evil people in this world. And we just need to make sure that we're casting our cares upon him. Alrighty, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Drew View. I'm really stoked to have you guys back again for another episode, and I can't wait to see you back here again tomorrow. I'm going to finish with my closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to pray for our country, Lord, as we always, always need prayers. Our country seems to become more broken by the day, and we just pray that you give our leaders wisdom. You give just everyone in our country wisdom to do what is right in the face of a lot of brokenness and a lot of evil. Father, we pray for the families of those who were involved in the situation in Louisville, and we just pray that you be with them, you give them peace and comfort that surpasses all understanding. Father, we just thank you because we know that at the end of the day, you're in control, and we know, Lord, that all things work together for our good in a way that is consistent with the plan that you have for us. And I just thank you that you do have a plan for each and every one of us. Father, again, just be with our country. We need it. Be with those who are hurting, those who are looking for answers, and just give them hope that there is someone out there that cares for them and that loves them unconditionally. We love you, praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for sticking around until the end of the episode. I just want to tell you guys to share this show with your friends so that they stay up to date with what's going on over here at The Drew View. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I can't wait to see you guys tomorrow, but until then, stay blessed.